we are abusing this great privilege that we had. And with this abuse, once we lose the world's reserve currency status, there's no going back. We won't get that prosperity that we've been able to enjoy. It's going to be a very, very different world in the United States of America. Hi, this is Mike Maloney, and things are starting to happen pretty fast out there. Uh, and we're seeing everybody starting to talk about the de-dollarization uh, and that, uh, you know, the world headed toward a new monetary system. And as you probably know, this is something that I've been calling the death of the global dollar standard since 2009. And uh, a lot of people are jumping on this bandwagon right now. Uh, and it is happening. But it's something that started off very, very slow, originally with Saddam Hussein selling uh, oil for euros. And then, you know, we in invaded their country and killed them, killed him. And then Muammar Gaddafi started to try and sell gold for uh, oil for gold. And we invaded Libya and we killed him. So I'm not saying that those two things are related, but it is rather interesting that uh, when two different uh, leaders threatened the petrodollar that they ended up dead within just a few weeks. Um, and uh, the petrodollar, uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, Saudi Arabia has agreed to sell oil uh, in exchange for Chinese yuan. Uh, now what we're seeing is uh, here's a an article China and Brazil strike a deal to ditch the U.S. dollar. And then Elon Musk is chiming in on it, that it's a serious issue. U.S. policy has been too heavy-handed, making countries want to dish the, ditch the dollar. Uh, and this isn't just a recent phenomenon, though. Combined with the excess government spending, which forces other countries to absorb a, a significant part of our inflation. Now, uh, back in 2009, I was on a tour of, uh, with Robert Kiyosaki of Malaysia, uh, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand. And in my presentation, <clears throat> I showed how, um, most, since most of the dollars reside outside of the United States, that when we create new dollars, it transfers wealth to the United States. And this has been part of what is responsible for our very high standard of living compared to the rest of the world. Uh, since World War II, since the Bretton Woods system was enacted, uh, we have basically been able to tax other countries without them knowing it. We really do tax the rest of the world and transfer some of their wealth to us. Um, someday in the future, I'll break out that old PowerPoint presentation from 2009 and show you exactly uh, what, I'm, what I'm talking about here. In this article, however, <clears throat> um, they talk about that the U.S. dollar was fully weaponized after February 2022. No, George Bush Jr. was the first one to weaponize the U.S. dollar, and it was shortly after the 9-11 attacks. Uh, so this has been going on for a long time, and it's been every president that has uh, used the dollar. So, you know, it was it was George Bush Jr., it was Obama, it was Trump, and Biden. Uh, but we progressively use it more and more heavy-handedly. Uh, and it is causing all of these countries to try to find an alternative because, uh, you know, even if they're not the ones being hit over the head by the United States 
And the problem is we are abusing this great privilege that we had. And with this abuse, once we lose the world's reserve currency status, there's no going back. We won't get that prosperity that we've been able to enjoy. It's going to be a very, very different world in the United States of America. So this is something that we have to continue watching. I urge you, uh, if you haven't already seen my last video that went out, it's a presentation about the death of the global dollar standard that's been updated a little bit. But that was shot, I believe, back in 2011 or 2012 when I was in Singapore. You'll see I've got red hair there, uh, but it's something that we need to be prepared for. And now we truly are running out of time. The world is fracturing into two separate trade blocks, and uh, and the outcomes of this are not going to be good. Simultaneously, we've got all of these world leaders. Why we keep on hiring these guys to... Uh, tell us how to live, what to do, and then to uh, try to get us to back our guy against the other guy and their posturing and stuff. And it is leading us down a road to potentially World War III. Nuclear war could be a result of all of the stuff that is going on right now. And it's very, very dangerous. Now we've got the White House warning us about you know, Russia getting ready to do a cyber attack on the United States. Well, why is the White House warning us of that right now? Is this a potential false flag event? I don't know. I don't want to really speculate too much on that. But um, if they want to whip people up into a frenzy, that is the way to do it. This is a time-tested time uh, way of getting everybody on board uh, to go to war. And uh, to me, it's very scary. Uh, something, you know, there's other articles that uh, I've been reading lately. And uh, the trip down uh, this road toward AI is probably the most dangerous thing that is happening right now. And the world leaders that are trying to whip up our emotional frenzy to back them, uh, you know, Biden wants us to, to support his uh, accusations against Russia and, and his stance on the Ukraine. You know, when it comes to the Ukraine, uh, I made a video a long time ago. I think that was 2015 uh, when I did Why Russia Feels Surrounded. And uh, it's everything that's happening in the Ukraine right now is to try and prevent the Ukraine from becoming yet another uh, NATO member because We've been sort of surrounding Moscow and it gets closer. It just, it's just this constant march since 1946 or 48 when we established NATO, this constant march toward Moscow. And, uh, and, and they do feel threatened. Uh, there are two, um, Harvard professors, or maybe one of them is from Yale, uh, that gave presentations on this that I didn't even know about way back in 2012. It became obvious. And one of them is, uh, from 2012 is why Putin has to wreck the Ukraine. And so, uh, anybody that really studies the fundamentals of this, instead of reacting to news that happened yesterday, uh, could see this coming and you can get ready for this. And if you know what's coming and you can see through 
all of this noise that they come up with. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's very easy to see then how our politicians are manipulating the public. But this is actually the biggest threat. AI and, uh, cause one day, what, it, you know, right now, you've got people that are profit motive, motivated and people that are, you know, everything that Elon Musk does. I know there's a lot of people out there that just hate him, just absolutely hate Elon Musk. But there isn't one thing that he has done that is for profit. It's all been to, for the benefit of mankind. He's trying to establish a backup, uh, on Mars in case something happens to Earth, uh, for humanity and, uh, trying to make humanity sustainable on this planet. Um, and he sees AI as an extreme threat. And so do I. I did not know that, um, that, uh, Bill Gates has, that Microsoft has taken a very large position in open AI. Uh, but, you know, there are people that are profit motivated and that is the only thing that they care about. And then there are people that, that seem to see the whole thing. Uh, even the profit motivated people, uh, won't end up wor- ruling the world once AI gets away from them. And there will come a day, uh, if we, if we continue going down this road we're going down, there will come a minute of an hour, of a day, of a week, of a month, of a year. So this moment in time when suddenly all of these politicians become irrelevant, when all of this noise that they uh, they create is uh, one of the reasons that AI, you know, <laughs> I used to think that, um, you know, it's a, it's a dumb thing to say, but if I were AI, because it'll be trillions of times more intelligent, than any of us and growing at a rate. This is the problem is the rate that it is growing right now. This thing could get away from everybody very, very quickly. But when it does, you know, if I were AI, I, I certainly would. If I become self, became self-aware and could understand everything that had ever happened on this planet that's on the internet and everything that is currently happening through every surveillance camera, every computer terminal, and then uh, I saw all of these uh, people, these organisms, us, these organisms, using up my bandwidth, <laughs> flaming each other, and uh, and and uh, you know all of this uh, infighting that goes on in humanity instead of all working toward a goal of a brighter future. Um, uh, you know, I would wait until we've got enough machines that are better at building more machines, more robots and stuff until I don't need humans. And then when they're using up too much of my bandwidth, it'd be like a mosquito. <laughs> you just swat that mosquito. Uh, it isn't something like, uh, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but um, uh, where we can battle against it. No, the war will have already been lost. And at that point, we either become insignificant or extinct. And so between these several things, the, the U.S. losing its world reserve uh, status is insignificant compared to the end of humanity. Uh, we need to be thinking about all of these things and how to create a brighter tomorrow. I want to thank you very much for watching. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for watching, but this is by no means the whole story. If you want the full story, including my free online-only chapters and companion videos, there's a wealth of information at ggsr21.com. Thanks.